Welcome to the Triathlon ACT podcast, where you'll find out all the latest news, events, results, and backstory of all things triathlon. You'll also hear from the incredible people who bring triathlon in the heart of the nation's capital to life. And now your hosts, all the way from Canberra, Australia, Craig Johns and Emily Stacey. Hi, and welcome to the Triathlon ACT podcast. I'm Craig Johns, Executive Director, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Emily Stacey, our Sport Development Manager. Emily, welcome to the show. Hi, Craig. Good to be here. It's been a big weekend. We had annual awards on Friday night. Yeah, it was huge. It was such a great night. You did an awesome job arranging the trophies and the whole evening and making sure everyone was feeling welcome. Oh, I think our intern, Amy, actually had a big hand in that. Her organisational skills were outstanding. Yes, it was a good night. And we had Gary Mills on the microphone. Man, that guy can talk. He can. He's very funny. He is. He did a very good job. And we had a wonderful interview with Laura Marshall, who went from the arch to arc and set the world record in triathlon event last year. She's amazing. And, you know, I think it was really good how she really engaged the crowd and there was something that all of us could have taken away from her experience and yeah, what she goes through with her training and her racing. So for those who weren't there at the annual awards, don't worry, you haven't missed out. We're gonna release that interview on the podcast in a couple of weeks time. So keep an eye out for it. That's Laura Marshall, the Arch to Arc, and she's been interviewed by Gary Mills. Membership renewals happened overnight and we've got manual renewals today. It's gone pretty smooth so far, lots of people renewing. Uh, don't be don't be afraid. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to Emily or myself and we can get it done for you. Yeah, absolutely. We love helping. So, And we're only a phone call or an email away. And uh, we had a fantastic race at Ironman Europe over the weekend. And you had Jan Fredino going head to head with Sebastian Kinley in the men's race. Jan Fredino ran off the road. Yeah, I saw that through the grass. It was pretty funny. It reminds me of Lance Armstrong back in the Tour de France in the mid-2000s and uh, the Great Escape. And then in the women's race, Sarah True, my heart goes out to the poor young lady. She used to train in Canberra, 39 degrees it was, hugely hot race. She had a seven-minute lead with 1K to go. (laughs) Rough. She fell over at 750 metres, didn't get to finish, ended up in the medical tent. Tough way to finish. She had an interview not long after the race, though, didn't she? She's okay. Yeah, very brave. She's okay. She just didn't quite get it right on the day. So even in the middle of winter, make sure you're staying hydrated, and especially in summertime. If you're going to a race that's a lot hotter than what you're used to, you've got to just be prepared to back off a little bit. Make sure you get the fluids and nutrition in and have a great race. All right, so Emily, we've got a big show ahead, so let's rip into it. On your marks. On Friday night, we celebrated all of our triathletes and there were some outstanding achievements. The ACT Triathlete of the Year in the female division, Jordan Rorter took that one out over Jodie Barker and Angharad Llewellyn in third place. With the men, Connor Sproul came in first, Nuru Somi in second and Sean Harris in third. With our novices, Caitlin Davis took out the female division Jennifer Cameron and Sally Hamilton rounding out the top three. And Ben Jowett, Matthew Lang and Hugh Madison were our male novice athletes of the year. 
The special awards that people only found out about these on the night. So Grant Thomas won the Darren Lusky Award for Ironman Achievement. Penny Slater took out Rachel Baker Memorial Award for Outstanding Achievement in Triathlon. Chloe Badup and Ellie Hoytink were inseparable and both of them were awarded the Simon Thompson Award for Most Outstanding Performance by a Junior. Megan Hall received the Special Achievement in Coaching Award. And another combined award was James Thorpe and the Fit to Try Sprint Coaches for their achievements this year in the, as the Club Coach of the Year. Heather Gale Carey took out Volunteer of the Year. Sally Hamilton was awarded Novice of the Year. Tarita Clark was our Technical Official of the Year. And Emily Tapp was our Paratriathlete of the Year. Some amazing achievements there. Some people backed up the next day in, in the ACT Cross Country Champs. Chloe Baitup finished third in the under 18 4K. Sean Harris, sixth in the under 18 4K. Johan Collin, fourth in the Open 10K. And Matt Duncan, 11th in the Open 10K. Overseas, over the last couple of weeks, Connor Sproul and Adam Rudgley competed in the Dusseldorf Bundesliga race number two. And Adam picked up 23rd and Connor 49th. They're racing in San Sebastian over this weekend, and we'll hear from them later on how they performed um, overnight. Colin McCluskey, he DNF'd in Larach ITU African Cup in Morocco. He had a flat tire with a couple of K to go on the bike. He then backed up the next day to did the Dunkirk French Grand Prix race, finishing 14th. And this weekend, he raced the Holton ITU Premium European Cup, finishing 25th. Emily Tapp, amazing performance. Friday night, she was racing pretty much at, while we're at the annual awards, and she won the Montreal World Paratriathlon Series race. It is the first race of the lead into the Tokyo Paralympic Games, and so she picked up some great points. Lauren Parker from Australia finished fourth in the same category. Fantastic results, team. Keep it up. I'm here with Emily Tapp from Try3 Coaching and she has just finished competing at the 2019 World Paratriathlon Series event in Montreal, which was the first event of the Olympic qualifying period or Paralympic qualifying period for Tokyo 2020. Emily, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Excellent. A great race last night. You stormed through, had a, you won by a whole minute. Tell us about your race. We went on to Formula One track. Wow. Um, it was so incredible. Um, our only um, piece of advice from our uh, race briefing yesterday was don't run over a beaver because there's been some <laughs> beavers um, wandering over the track of late. So um, that was our one piece of advice. Otherwise, they were just like foot to floor which um, we very much did. It was a bit of an extended course, but we did probably the same time as if we would be doing a 20K loop. That's how fast we were going, so it was nice. So did you, did you lead from start to finish or, you know? No, um, so I was third out of the water, pretty close third out of the water, and then um, I held that right until we went into transition um for t2 and i came out of the transition in seconds 
um, place behind Lauren. And then I, it was a bit of a um, tighter sort of more technical area leaving transition. But we started then running around the regatta. And as soon as we got sort of into a clear area, we took her, which was nice and managed to hold the lead, which was, yeah, a bit of a surreal feeling, um, I guess, because... Um, yeah, just one of those things, really. It's race day. Excellent. So that's the first race of the Paralympic qualifying series. So what's next for you? So I'm coming home to do some training, and then I will go to Ninakajima in Japan, and we will do a training camp there before leading into our test event um, on August 17th. And then from there, we'll go to um, our training camp for Worlds, um, which is going to be on the border of France and Switzerland. And then um, World Chance in Switzerland, hopefully. Um, just, you know, obviously have to wait to get confirmed and that would be the ultimate goal. And then on to um, Banyolis, Spain. And hopefully if everything goes according to plan, um, should be looking very close to sort of doing um, my qualification in that time. Beautiful. Thanks, Emily. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. I'm here with Connor Sproul and Adam Rudgley, and they're currently in Girona. How you doing, boys? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, really good. Really good, Craig. Excellent. So half the camera is over in Europe now, and you guys are enjoying the nice weather. You both raced in the Bundesliga 2 race in Dusseldorf uh, last weekend. How'd you guys go? Um, yeah, pretty good. So I ended up 23rd, which was pretty, like, heaps better than the last race. Um, yeah, the team ended up 10th, which they were stoked about after finishing last in the last round. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, was a, I was a bit further back in, uh, in 49th. Uh, it, was my, it was my first race coming off the plane, um, which made it, made it a bit tough and coming off a, a Canberra winter. Uh, but I, yeah, I just just really enjoyed it. It was it was an amazing event. Uh, seemed like half of Germany was out watching it, and uh, and certainly half the town where our teams from came to watch to to cheer us on, which was cool. Having German being screamed at us from the sidelines. Well, well done on tenth place as a team. So, for our listeners, tell us a little bit about how that Bundesliga team concept works. Um, so basically, there's a Division One Bundesliga, which is what our team is in, and then you've got Division Three, Two, Three, Four, etc. And there's 16 teams in the first division, and at the end of the season, um, the bottom two get relegated back to Division Two, and the winner of the North Division Two and the South Division Two get promoted up to Div One. So our team got promoted to Div One this year, and they're just trying to stay in Div One. So that tenth place is really, really important. So, Connor, you raced San Sebastian over the weekend, a, a little bit different race while Adam was laying back with his feet up, uh, enjoying the European summer. How'd you go? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, I, don't, I don't know how much Adam was enjoying it, though, because he was stuck in close to 40-degree weather, and I got a bit of a break from that in San Sebastian, so I reckon I, reckon I got the good deal. Uh, but <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was an amazing race. The... Um, it's a, it's a really beautiful part of the world on the coast there, and um, we, I uh, and, and a beautiful course too. It takes in the the, the hills around um, around around the area, which which made it really tough, but uh, uh, but a lot of fun. And um, I 
yeah, I ended up finishing finishing tenth, which is a yeah a result a result I'm happy with, um, given that it was a, a tough different course and and there were were qu- plenty of quality quality athletes there, especially from the Basque region where where the race was. Oh, it's good to hear that there was some uh, tough racing there. Now you've got a couple of events happening in July. What's next for you, Adam? Um, so Connor and I are both going to Tartu in two weeks in Estonia. So that's the first European Cup we're doing. And then we've also got another Bundesliga race the weekend after. And what are you, what are you looking forward to in Estonia? Do you know any food that you're going to check out? Um, no, I'm looking forward to some cooler weather, to be honest. <laughs> uh, no, last time I was in Estonia, they had some, they had some good coffee. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm keen for that, even though we've got plenty of good coffee in Girona. Uh, it's good to just have a reliable reliable coffee when you're away. Uh, and also, I picked up a, bar, a few bargain pastries last time um, I was in Estonia, so I'm keen to grab some more of those. All right, we look forward to report on the coffee and the bakery food when we talk to you next time. So thanks very much, Adam and, Co- uh, and Connor. Great to talk to you. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, Craig. Recently, a group of triathletes from Vikings went up to GeoQuest, which was held on Yamba on the sort of north coast of Sydney, or up a bit further, New South Wales. Gary Lilly, you were part of that. So Gary, tell us about the experience of GeoQuest. What's involved? Well, what's involved is um, teams of four. Um, we had uh, Ross Beatty, Tony Leach, Justine Kennedy, uh, me, and our um, support crew, Jeff M- uh, Martin. We, um, we, we did the what, what they call is the, the half-distance GeoQuest. Um, a few of us have done been doing adventure racing for probably the last 18 years or so since they first began in Australia. We um, we decided to do this year mainly for Tony Leach, who's been battling melanoma, and he wanted to, I guess, test himself and um, and show that you know the the cancer was was not not beating him, and he showed that. You know, in a pretty dramatic way, he he uh, um, suffered a little bit, but we all pushed through it. It was a very tough race in the end. It was more like a three-quarter distance uh, Jair quest. Um, the good thing was that um, had a scan on the day we uh, returned, uh, which revealed um, uh, no evidence of disease. So, uh, partly, um, probably mostly due to the trial that he's on, but. Also, I think because of his attitude and and um, you know his never say say die um, um, attitude towards towards the cancer. So we had a great time. Yeah. That's great, and I think you know tri- people forget that triathlon is more than just an individual sport. There is more to life than just swim, biking, and running. And obviously, with the adventure racing, you have other components to the event. So, d- can you tell us any about the distances and what? Um, you know, was there, was there rafting involved? Was there climbing involved? What we, was involved um, this time? we did, the distances were about 150 k's. Uh, it involved uh, kayaking, mountain biking and trekking. Uh, it was, to begin with, a, an ocean kayak of about 20 k's, but the seas were two to three metre swells. Wow. They were plastic boats because um, we were required to, to, to use the organisers' boats. 
In the end, the organisers decided the half course would not um, do the ocean paddle and the full courses had a choice as to whether to do a trek instead. In the end, we, the half courses ended up doing two um, long treks, two coastal treks. Um, I think we did about 50, almost 50 kilometres of trekking all up. Um, the mountain biking, um, especially through the night and in the rain, it rained for a lot of the race uh, in the mud. Um, pretty tricky, uh, steep descents and, and the navigation wasn't too bad. We, we, we nailed the navigation pretty well, but um, it was tough on the bike. So, um, but always um, in an adventure race, you know, you get through the night, get through the wet and uh, the sun comes up. As long as the sun comes up, everybody's happy. So. Um, uh, yeah, 150 k's of um, moving around and about 2,000 metres of climbing overall. And the highest point in the whole course was about 150 metres above sea level. Very good. So very acclimatised coming from Canberra. We're up around 600 metres. Yep. Um, well done. And uh, I think, you know, congratulate everyone that got involved in that and obviously working together with Tony to allow him to, you know, fight that battle. Yeah, he, he, did, he did superbly well, you know. Um, um, everybody was so impressed with, with that. And, and that was coming off a Tour de Cure ride as well. He, he, he managed to raise money and do the Tour de Cure uh, only a couple of weeks before that. Um, so, um, um, yeah, good on him. I'm here with Penny Slater from T3C and Bilby's and she is currently over in Phuket, our 2019 Rachel Baker Award winner at the annual awards that happen on Friday night. Penny, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Enjoying the um, Thailand sunshine. So you're based in Phuket and you're training at Tanya. So you're doing quite a bit of training. Who are you there with? Uh, yeah, so I'm actually over here with my coach and training partner, Jackie Allen, and her husband, Ben Allen. Um, and also I've been doing a little bit of training with um, Dimity Duke and Ergen squad. Excellent. So you're in great company there. Now, so what's really, what, what's sort of the training facilities like there? Oh, I mean, the training facilities at Tanya Pura are pretty amazing. They've got a, um outdoor 50-metre pool, outdoor 25-metre pool, and they've got two gym rooms, athletics running track, ice baths, you know, showers, sauna, all that kind of stuff. So it's pretty well set up for um, everything multi-sport. And, I mean, the roads around here are really nice. They're super well surfaced and really easy to ride on. So, yeah, it's really great. There's some good hills out the back of Alpo and, and also when you ride onto the mainland as well. I'm sure you've um, experienced some good training there, especially in the heat and humidity. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's really good for training, obviously, the adaptations for heat and humidity are um, really good going into racing season in Europe so yeah I mean it's kind of the perfect training location right now for where I'm at. Brilliant so you're doing some heat acclimatization training before you head to Europe when's your next race? Um, well I'm actually doing a local re race here in um, Phuket on the 15th or oh, 14th of July which is just an Olympic distance try but then um, I'll head to Europe to Czech Republic to race the European Champion Exeter European Championships on the third of August, and then after that I'll race uh, Exeter Germany. Excellent. So at the moment, is it is it kind of base training? Is it strength training? Is it speed training? What type of work are you doing? Um, so I did a lot of base training at the start of the year. So right now I'm kind of um, 
ramping up the volume a bit but also doing a lot of race simulation stuff because with the mountain biking like that's where the girls in Europe are really strong. So we've been focusing a lot on doing race simulation um, bike workouts as, as with the running too. So And also picking up my swim volume. I've been swimming about 25Ks a week, which is a lot for me. Uh, we look forward to speaking with you after your first race over there in Thailand on the 14th of July. So all the best for that race and we'll talk to you after then. Thanks, Greg. On this week's Coach's Corner, we're here with Megan Hall from T3C, and we're talking training with purpose. Hey Craig, thank you. It's um, really important that each session that you do um, has some intent. And so what I'm saying is um, what it is to be accomplished, so the intent is what is to be accomplished within the workout that you're about to do. And this is actually a good way for athletes to be accountable for their session. Um, if the coach has t explained to them what they're doing, e.g. a recovery session, um, then they know what's coming. But if they aren't sure what it is, then it's really important for the athlete to be asking the coach exactly the intent of what the session, um, the needs are of the session. So there's accountability both ways. There's both the internal accountability with the athlete and making sure they understand and then the accountability of the coach to ensure that they've actually explained what's in the training session. And it's really important that the coach has actually, um, you know, obviously in their weekly scheduling or in throughout the annual training plan, has actually got um, in the sessions exactly the demands that they are wanting from their athlete. Um, and then it's also really important that the coach is explaining at the start of the session what they want out of the athlete. But then it's really good for the athlete if they don't understand what is wanted to ask or to then actually, well, then it's really important that they know um, exactly the times that they need to hit. It might be an interval session and they need to know what um, times that they need to be hitting in that interval session so that they are actually reaching the demands of the session, um, which is so important. With membership renewals happening at the moment, I thought it was a great opportunity to talk with the Triathlon Australia CEO, Miles Stewart. Miles, welcome to the show. Thanks, Craig. One of the things that people ask a lot is, what is the value of membership? And with Triathlon Australia and the States, there's a whole lot of things happening at the moment. So, Miles, do you want to explain to us what, what the value of Triathlon membership is? I think the value for me is to is to make sure there's these opportunities for our athletes to race. Um, it's the providing of technical officials and training and coaching provision and training of those people and upskilling. It's um, it's the finance that happens behind the scenes, the marketing out to our members. It's it's all about making sure that community is strong and there's opportunities for people to have events in our country and to race in our country. And you know, at the point end, it's it's access to world championships and Olympic games and and all those wonderful things that people want to do there. But, mate, it's providing opportunities for people who to come and do what we love and already know that it's a fantastic sport. And I think that really is the value as far as membership is concerned, is providing those opportunities out there to the community. So the value of membership is about providing opportunities for everyone to find their starting line and then be able to, to grow and evolve in their sporting, um, you know, what their passion is or what their goals are in triathlon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we, we tend to find that once we get people to the start line, they get fairly hooked and uh, they love it as much as we do and they continue to come back. So, you know, we're trying to offer communities uh, opportunity to get out there and get active. 
Um, we like to cater for all shapes, sizes, race, religions and anything else. And we just like to make sure that, um, you know, people can come and enjoy the sport that we love. It's kind of that safe and inclusive environment where clubs are the enablers of the sport. And obviously everything we do from a triathlon Australia and triathlon ACT point of view is to help support those clubs as an enabler. How important for you is that community aspect of a club? Oh, it, it's everything. I mean, we're, we're only here to service our members. We're a member-based organisation. And we know our members love to be part of a tribe, part of a community. They love to be part of a training group uh, with similar interests and similar distances that they wish to race in. And, and clubs are absolutely the lifeblood of our sport. So it provides opportunities for people to come into a safe environment and experience the sport and allows people to train with like-minded people on a pursuit or a passion that they love. So I, I think absolutely the lifeblood. And what have, is anything really special happening over the next year that's exciting for our members? Well, I mean, there's a lot of work around um, in, in high-performance land. You'd have to say the Olympic Games is fairly special coming up in the calendar. As far as the Australian series is concerned, um, you know, we've got some big national champs happening leading into a, another world champs, which is the multi-sport world champs coming up in 2021. Um, there's plenty happening, um, but... Uh, Look, we're just trying to make sure there's great events moving into the future for everybody. We're looking at the way we operate and can we operate in a better fashion to service our members as part of the work we're doing. Um, we're also providing some new coaching courses that we're working on. We rolled out the foundation course this year. We're looking at the next stage of that, the development course next year. We're, um, we're pushing hard next year into indoor triathlon. So taking away some of those barriers to participation, allowing people the chance to do that in a different format indoors to get the get the courage or the, the confidence to go out there and race in the outdoors on, in, in the open water and on an open road. So we believe that's going to be some, a nice way for people to enter our sport here in a much more um, comfortable environment to begin with. And they're probably the big things we're working on. Some exciting times to triathlon in Australia. Thanks so much, Miles. Thanks, Craig. Hi, I'm here with Ali Hoytink from JT Multisport and she has just qualified for the Triathlon Australia World Champs team to go to the ITU World Champs in Lausanne later on this winter. It is here in Australia, but obviously Northern, summer, uh, Northern Hemisphere summer. Ali, congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. It was very exciting. I had a high five moment when I got the email. So yeah, very exciting. And a lot of changes for you. Obviously you've moved from Canberra through to the Gold Coast in the last few months. So big changes happening there. New coach with Dan Atkins. Tell us how your season has gone so far. Yeah, so it was a really big move, um, lots of sacrifices. And to be honest, it was really difficult. So to be able to actually make the world's team, it was you know, a step in a positive direction and reassurance that I did actually make the right decision. Um, my season went really well. Um, I did have not the best race in Canberra. I was quite disappointed. Um, so I knew going into Devonport that I needed to put in a really solid block and have a race that just to be honest, would take it out of the selectors' hands. Um, I felt like I set it up really nicely. I had an awesome swim, a great bike, and run did let me down a little bit, but um, all in all, I was really happy with my race. Um, and then going into the ITU um, Conti Cup on the Gold Coast, I knew I needed to kind of have another solid performance to show that it wasn't a fluke, um, and had a really, really good race there. I was really proud of my performance there, and yeah, so had an awesome season. So now putting down some groundwork for, for the next one and for Worlds. And it's been great you know, to see your journey over the last few years. You 
We're number one in Australia as a youth athlete, and, and that's always, always comes with a few challenges when you're the top dog and then you've got to move through into the next age groups. And you, you, you showed a lot of resilience over the last couple of years. So to, to see you shine this year has been fantastic. And so where does, he, where does the next step go for you? So obviously you've qualified for Worlds. What happens over the next few months? Yeah, to be honest, um, when I moved to Dan, we spoke a lot about what my goals were. And to be completely honest, my goal wasn't just to make Worlds, it was to do well at Worlds. Um, so now the next block is all about getting the best result. You know, I'm not going to make up numbers. We're going there to have a, a solid performance. So we're going to lay some groundwork down now and, and hopefully that results in a, in a good performance. And then we'll go from there into the under 23 series next year. Excellent. You're off to Japan in a couple of weeks and then, then to Europe. Yeah, yep. So head, head to Takamatsu, I believe is how you say it, uh, <laughs> on the 1st of July to compete over there. Um, and then after that, I go to Europe on the 20th of August. And yeah, pretty exciting times. Excellent. So we'll, we'll, talk, we'll touch base with you a couple of times while you're away overseas and we'll check in on how your, your Japanese language is coming <laughs> along. Um, so yeah, congratulations once again and have a great uh, Northern Hemisphere summer. Perfect. Thank you. A big shout out to amazing sponsors and partners, Sport and Recreation Canberra, Triathlon Australia, Proximity, EY, Rolf Classic BMW, Sports Care and Physiotherapy, Canberra Southern Cross Club, The Runner Shop Canberra, Red Hill Super Express, H2O Marine, Lonsdale Street Cyclery, Elite Energy Events, Virgin Australia, Project Clothing, Training Peaks, and Star Outdoor. We must mention the amazing Virgin Australia deal. To celebrate the new membership year starting Monday 1st of July, it's just been yesterday, we've partnered with Virgin Australia and CT Connections and have 100 Velocity Pilot Gold memberships up for grabs. Current financial TA members can access discounted Virgin Australia domestic fares via the booking portal. And if you are one of the first 100 to book a flight to a TA sanctioned event from 1st of July, you can have your Velocity membership upgraded to gold for three months. And you can keep that going if you achieve a few things. So you're gonna to have to check out the Virgin Australia section on the Triathlon Australia website for full terms and conditions and information. The starting line. Support teams and crew. At first glance, triathlon may seem like an individual sport. On one hand it is, you're the one who does the training and the racing after all, but that's the fun stuff. On the other hand, and there's usually several, it's a real team effort. There's the obvious ones, your coach, your training buddies and teammates, they're pretty important, but it's the behind the scenes team that makes the most difference. Your family and friends are super valuable as a support crew. They provide encouragement, motivation, high fives. They might drive you to training or your event, help fix your bike, make you coffee at 5 a.m. before your session, or even have watermelon waiting for you at the end of your long run. Whatever they do for you, it makes you a better athlete and allows you to focus on your training. So this is a bit of a shout out to support crews and a reminder to all triathletes listening, thank your support crew and let them know you appreciate what they do. I must say I thank my support crew for the annual awards on Friday evening. You're all wonderful. This week on The Whistleblower, we're talking about physical assistance. And in the Triathlon Australia rules under 1.4e, an athlete cannot physically assist the forward progress of another athlete on any part of the course, as this may result in both athletes being disqualified. 
Now back in 2016 in the World Championships, we had Alistair Brownlee help Jonathan Brownlee across the line. He pretty much threw him over oh, the line. Pretty much, he, yep, pushed. And, yeah, and it was from a couple hundred meters out. And Henry Schumann actually passed them to win the race. They were, it created a massive media interest all around the world and was great for the sport, but it's actually illegal. So when I'm out there racing with you, Emily, and you're looking a little bit tired, struggling a little bit, I can't just grab hold of your hand and pull you over the line. No, don't do that. You'll get us both disqualified. I know there's times where it'd be great just to stick a piece of rope around someone's uh, seat stay and just drag you along the old race course. That'd be quite fun, but apparently we can't do that either. So that means that when we get to the finish line, we can't hold hands as we go across the finish line. Interesting concept. Maybe we have to check that one out and talk about that another day. Yep. Club Spotlight. This week we're talking about Defence Triathlon ACT and I've got Dale Madge with me today. Dale, tell us about Defence Triathlon. Yeah, g'day Craig. Well, Defence Triathlon has been actually around for many, many years and um, I think back in 1984 was the first, we used to run our own series and uh, as a national body and there's only a few of us um, hanging about at that stage or I wasn't even hanging about at that stage. Uh, and but we've now grown to a, a club that's around about 400 nationally and here in the ACT I would say that we've probably got around about that 30 um, strong membership at this point in time which is great because that um, those 30 people here in the ACT because we're such a small community we're very well knitted. Can anyone join Defence or do they have to be an employee? Uh, well uh, the defence is restricted because it is the Australian Defence Force and it is actually members of the um, Australian Defence Force. We have some um, amazing public servants here uh, in the ACT who are a big part of our community and we welcome them in. But um, unfortunately, just because of the restrictions that we have, uh, it is open only to the members of the Australian Defence Force. And a brilliant idea as well because as part of being in the Defence Force, you, you need to keep fit and healthy. So is this considered work as well? Oh, look, and that's one of the many, many benefits of being in the Australian Defence Force because, yes, it is. Most of our people do race whilst they're on duty and the club actually supports them to race and um, no matter where it is in Australia. And that's another great thing about Defence is because uh, we can race all over Australia and meet members of our team who, who we don't see on a daily basis, but they're just like an old mate. So there's a much bigger community. And so for someone in Defence Force wanting to come in, can they start off fresh as a novice or do they need to have some level of fitness and swim, bike and run first? Oh, look, they can, they can actually have um, a Navy uh, girl at the moment who is an absolute novice teaching her how to swim. Um, bike and run and uh, she's very keen for this upcoming season so we take everyone from the basic novice all the way through to the very strong Ironman community that we have. So if you want to find out more you can go to the Defence Force Triathlon ACT Facebook page or you can check it out on triathlonact.com.au and go to the club section and you can find the link there. How Stuff Works this week we're talking about transition design. You're probably sitting there wondering, how do they figure out how people get into transition, get out, and it's fair for everyone? The key thing is, we first need to know exactly how many people are in each category, and then from there we can start spacing it out. So generally what we do is we try and get, there's one bar in a triathlon rack, 
um, say in the ACT triathlon races. And that one bar normally can hold six to eight people depending on uh, the, the size of the, the people that are in that race. So we might for kids have eight and we might have six for the more experienced athletes. And we then have one bar that goes in between each row. So it's around about four meters that we have in between each row. And we just make sure there's enough space so when people back out and run out of transition and people are running through, that they're not gonna bump into each other. We always try and make sure that it's flowing in one direction. Now, sometimes that's impossible, but the key is to try and get them coming in one way and heading out the other way. So they might go east to west or west to east or north to south, etc. And we, we try and get four corners. Four corners makes it the simplest and you go diagonal. So you come swim in on one corner and you go diagonally out for bike out and vice versa when you come bike in, run out. But it all depends on the course setup and where you've got to, which way you've got to run and swim, etc. may change that. And we're just trying to make it fair. So everyone gets to run the same distance, everyone has the same, uh, there's no one with an advantage over someone else. What's happening, Emily? Well, Craig, lots is happening. We've got the Young Women Leadership Program coming up on the 13th of July, and we have 28 people registered for that. Fantastic, it's gonna be an absolutely amazing event. And then following that, the following weekend, we've got the Development Coach Course. We've got some amazing people who are going to that next level as a coach, who are gonna be at the AIS for two days, and then they'll come back again in September. We've also got the Foundation Coach course coming up on the 17th and 18th of August, and registrations for that are still open. That's for people getting into coaching for the first time. You might be helping out with novice programs or group sessions in a club environment. Great way to get started into coaching. We've then got the Sri Chimnoy Off-Road Duathlon on the 4th of August. It's going to be a cracking race up in the uh, hills of Black Mountain here in Canberra. Yeah, and around the Botanical Gardens as well, and I am on the fence, but I'm leaning towards doing that event. Awesome, look forward to it, I'll be out there watching. Oh, Sri Shimnoi Triple Try, 17th of November, but I've missed one. Excellent, so Sri Shimnoi Triple Try, it's gonna be an amazing event, goes from the top to the bottom of Canberra and back to the middle again. It is. And we missed an event, so we have the ACT Duathlon Champs. How can you forget, you're the defending champion. <laughs> I know. And that's on the 14th of September. So registration's online, open for those events. And then we've got the Jackie Fairweather Memorial Try on the 30th of November. Triathlon ACT are running that race this year. Yeah. We don't have the Canberra Club Try in December, so make sure you've got marked on your calendars, 30th of November, Jackie Fairweather Memorial Triathlon. It's gonna be a cracking race. Today's guest is Caddy Binstoff from the Bilby's Triathlon Club. And today we're going to be talking about how Katie started out in the sport of triathlon. And then we're going to delve into her being younger than the age of the club as a club president. And I'm sure she's probably the only one in Australia that is in that same situation. So welcome, Katie. Thanks, Craig. Excellent. So how did you start out in triathlon? It was an accident. Uh, I swam a lot growing up and then... I didn't do a lot when I finished university. One of my friends heard about the Bilby's novice program and decided that it was a thing she wanted to do. She dragged me along to the first information night and the result of that was that we both signed up to do the program. Um, unfortunately, she's not doing it anymore, but I'm still involved. Yeah, great. You know, it's, it's so important to have someone else, you know, to come along to these kind of, you know, new communities or to do something new, it's such a big help. Um, so it's great you started out together. So what did you start with? You know, what type of bike did you have? 
I borrowed a road bike from one of my friends. It turned out that I didn't know how to ride it. I thought before the first riding session that I should take it for a ride around the block, which I did. It was very daunting because it had drop bars. I also realized that I didn't know how to change gears. So I took it to the bike shop before the first riding session because I thought that there was something wrong with it. <laughs> Turns out that there was just something wrong with me and I didn't know how the gears worked. But helpfully, um, one of the mechanics at the bike shop, after looking at me quizzically and saying, do you, do you even know how to do this? Took me into the car park and showed me how to change the gears. Excellent, so you've been in the sport a long time now. What's the kind of why and purpose for you to stay in the sport? For me, I really like that there are so many things that you can do with the sport, from short distance enticer triathlons to Ironmans and Ultramans. It can be something for everyone. Uh, there's also a lot of people that just swim, just ride or just run. So I like that it's really malleable. Pick what you want to do and there'll be a group within triathlon to train with to do it. I also like the social aspect. Um, a lot of our club members will go for a swim and then have dinner together afterwards or there's coffee after every ride. So I like that it also keeps me out with friends and socialising. That's great, and away from phones and work. Yes, that's my favourite thing about swimming and riding is that I cannot be contacted while I'm doing it. That's so important, you know, like it's so important to have that break away from work. You, know, you watch everyone now that's just go, 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 go. And sometimes they just forget to switch off and kind of relax. And exercise is a great way to do that. I agree completely. I've intentionally not connected my Garmin on the front of my bike or my watch to my phone because I can't stand it beeping and emails and texts and phone calls coming up. I just like to switch off from it and concentrate on the exercise that I'm doing. Yeah. So you're a lawyer. So obviously it's quite an intense profession um, so obviously from that you know so how do you fit your training around work and social life and family etc as well with some difficulty unfortunately um, when triathlon's busy or work is busy the other suffers a little bit uh, I hope my work colleagues aren't listening to this when I say <laughs> that when we're doing things like organizing the final stages of the novice program uh, I can see a dip in the work billable hours. I think, oh, what have I done this week? Then I remember, oh yeah, we were answering a lot of emails uh, that were not work-related. Um, but I think I manage it by trusting good people. Bilby's has a very good committee. Um, I've got good colleagues at work that help as well and also trying to be organised. If I know it's going to be a big week at work, I plan for maybe dropping a couple of sessions during the week or doing them earlier or later or having a big weekend instead to prepare for that. Yeah, so it seems like you kind of throw yourself in head first and all or nothing with everything because not only do you compete in triathlon, are you the club president of the Bilbies, you're a technical official, you're a coach and a volunteer. Is there anything in triathlon you haven't done yet? Uh, yes and yes and no. Um, I would really like to do an Ironman at some stage. 
Uh, the two problems with that are at the moment I don't have the time to commit to training and if I'm going to do it, I want to do it properly. The other problem with that is I not so secretly don't like running. <laughs> so I've got to learn to love that, I think, before I commit to running lots of hours a week. Um, that's one thing in the athlete space that I haven't done. Um, in the technical and coach space, no, I feel quite fulfilled in what I'm doing as a coach. I'm working mostly with the novices in our novice program and I much prefer that to working with anybody else. And so you've also been involved in the Viking cycling novice program as well, is that correct? I have a little bit. Um, they do things slightly differently. They have a couple of, they have two coaches plus the mentors that go each week so they can give not necessarily coaching advice, but a little bit of feedback uh, to the athletes that they have. They can tell some stories to them as they go through. There's more eyes on their novices then, as opposed to just two coaches. Uh, I've done a couple of sessions with, with them. My first session with them, the coach was the first person to fall over. Which was, <laughs> it's a great start. It broke the ice. <laughs> Brilliant. And so the novice program, and that's how you got started in the sport, the Bilby's novice program, you know, I've also got Vikings and females in training. What all three clubs do is, is world-class when it comes to onboarding people into the sport of triathlon. I have not seen better structures anywhere else around the world. So what do you think is kind of the key ingredients to why the, the Bilby's program works so well and has had such longevity? Um, I think there are a couple of things. The first is the quality of the coaches that we get on. Um, our coaches are all triathlon Australia trained. They've all come from triathlon backgrounds. A lot of them have done novice programs. So they know what it's like to come into the sport knowing nothing uh, and then racing for the first time. Another thing is the community that, that's built within the novice program. Um, a lot of our novices have a background in one of the sports, so they'll be strong at something, but equally they'll be terrible at something else. They might have commuted to work on a bike every day, but are scared to put their head in the water. So I think that's a special thing about triathlon. I think that helps build the community um, where instead of thinking, I'm not going to talk to that person because they're really good at this, they won't want to be my friend. Um, they'll see that that person's good at something and not so good at something else and they might be able to help each other through. Uh, I think the other thing that's really good is we have rolled it out now so many times that our organisation and the structures to support the novices, they know exactly what they're getting into when they sign up for it. Uh, I think that all is why it's a, it's a successful program. And a couple of things that I really like about it is it, it sets up a succession planning for the club. So you kind of find people go into the novice program, you'll get some of those that kind of shine through as leaders will then go into kind of help look after and the social aspects or coordinating novice program the following year and then kind of in the next year or even the year after they end up on the committee which i think is a great 
sustainable structure for a volunteer type club and and is I think a real stable for the Bilby's Triathlon Club especially over all these years and the other one I think is is that you you cater for so many different people you know in in the, the category of what the Bilby's is right so it's for adults 18 and over but you cater for people from you know, they're university students right through to someone that may have even retired. Yeah, definitely. We've, as you said, we're a club that's for adults, so 18 and over. Um, we will have 18-year-olds that have just moved to Canberra for university and they join the club as a way to meet people and stay fit. At the same time, we have people who are getting involved because they've retired and they've got time on their hands. And the beautiful thing about the club is everyone gets together, trains together. Uh, the ages don't matter within the group. We've also got the benefit of a wide variety of skills within that group as well. We've got athletes who are training at a world level, an elite world level. We've also got athletes who are the last across the finish line and they'll be supporting each other at their races. Um, the beautiful thing about triathlon, and Craig, I think you've said it before, is that you can race at a world level within your age group. Uh, it's not like any other sport like that. So we've got club members who, they're not elite triathletes, but they go and race at world championship events. Um, and each year we have some that go and do that and then come back and tell the club the story and the next year there are different ones that it, choose to go. And there's no better feeling than standing there and you're in your country's colours and obviously the green and gold for Australia. For me it's a little different colour, black <laughs> and the silver. Um, but the green and gold, you've got the national anthem playing and you've got everyone dressed up and just feeling really part of and passionate about where they come from from a nation point of view, and I think that's really special. Uh, it's probably the only sport too where you have the elites and para and juniors and adults and you know your your lucky Lewises are in their 80s, etc. Where they all train together, and and everyone's got a really unique journey, and everyone everyone's just got so much respect for each other and is willing to just chat and enjoy each other's company, and that doesn't happen in other sports. No, that's exactly right. A beautiful thing that our club does is. We go for dinner after running once a month and it's great to look around the tables after that um, because you see just a variety of people from a variety of backgrounds, a variety of ages, training for a variety of things. At that dinner you've got people who might just be starting running and they're struggling to run two kilometres and they're sitting next to someone who has run a hundred and they're they're giving each other feedback and advice and it's it's so nice to see that so the club now is 31 years old and so i think you'd be pretty close to the only person in australia that is a club president that's actually younger than the club which is very special so congratulations <laughs> on that so we've still got some people in the club that have pretty much been this from the start you got the likes of gary rolfs you've got shane rattenbreeze who's been around for a very long time um, it's great to see them still connected and heavily involved that's right. Um, they're fantastic resources. Gary, especially, heavily involved 
uh, until recently he's been our main coach doing all of the running sessions. He still comes cycling and he's so good to have in the bunch. He'll take control, he'll tell people if they're doing something they shouldn't be doing, he'll control the speed and everyone respects those people. It's good to have him around. He's also a fantastic resource for us to talk to. Um, if we've got any problems within the club or the committee or we want some advice about what we should be doing, it's, yeah, I don't think we'd be able to do this without those resources and those people still staying around and helping and showing up. So Katie, it's been fantastic talking with you today. It, it's a real privilege to have you in our sport. You know, as we mentioned earlier, you're there as an athlete, a technical official, coach, volunteer, you're the club president of Bilby's and you still have a social life and you still get to work <laughs> as a lawyer. So we really appreciate what you do and thank you very much for coming on the show today. Thanks, Greg. That's a wrap, Emily. We had just an amazing interview there with Katie Binstock. She is the club president of the Bilby's Triathlon Club. She is younger than the age of the club. That's pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing, yep. Probably the only one in Australia, I would imagine. Now this weekend, I'm heading off to the Vikings Club Annual Awards. Oh. What are you up to, Emily? Well, not that. No one sent me an invitation. I'll be um, sulking, actually. I was meant to be racing up at the Gold Coast this weekend, so injury has yeah, thwarted those plans. Oh, that's no good. Well, hopefully you're back on the horse and out racing again soon. And um, there's some big events coming up. Hamburg ITU World Triathlon Series. We've got a number of our athletes racing overseas. Um, so we're looking forward to seeing some great results. We'll keep in touch. I um, hope everyone is staying nice and safe, dry, out there training. Uh, it was minus four point something degrees this morning. It was a bit brisk. It was. I at, yeah, spent quite a lot of time um, scraping the ice off my car this morning. Yeah, so it's a good idea just to lose a few seconds on your times while you're out training at the moment in the mornings just so you stay nice and safe. So take care, look after yourselves, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, see you next time. Be a part of the Triathlon ACT community by visiting www.triathlonact.com.au. If you enjoyed this episode of the Triathlon ACT podcast, we encourage you to share it on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn and leave a review on your favourite podcast app. We would love to hear from you, so please feel free to contact Craig or Emily at director at act.triathlon.org.au with your feedback, questions and suggestions. Be sure to check out the next episode of the Triathlon ACT podcast.